Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. I'm J.R. Briggs, and I have got to tell you, today is a pretty special day for me. Today is the official release day of my book, The Sacred Overlap, Learning to Live Faithfully in the Space Between. Now, I've been working on this book project for the past three years, and I am thrilled that I can finally share it with you now. And I'm going to use this episode to do something a little bit different than normal. I'm going to use this to share the basic premise of the book with you because it aligns well with the importance of resiliency. You see, while I spend the majority of my time investing in leaders, the vast majority of them being Christian leaders, this book was written for everyone, not just for leaders, but I certainly hope that you as a leader find value in this book too. In fact, I really believe you will. And here's the basic premise of the book. By now, you've noticed that we live in a world that's incredibly divisive and polarized. And as we lean into the fall, we're careening toward a significant presidential election. By all accounts, it's going to be even more divisive and polarizing. The cultural, religious, political, relational, and racial divides seem to be growing stronger every single day. The arguments are becoming more explosive. We feel the need to defend our opinions and positions more and more. In recent times, these widening differences have led us to an ever-intensifying us-versus-them tribalism. And maybe you've thought what I've thought, that there's got to be a better way of doing this. Now, I've wrestled with this question, what should the posture of a follower of Jesus, somebody who's taking Jesus seriously in their lives, what should the posture be in the midst of such a divisive and alienating time? Instead of embracing a posture of either-or entrenchment, is it possible to be a follower of Jesus and live in the both-and reality? Now, I believe that we can. As Christians, we're called to live with our feet firmly planted in two different worlds, heaven and also earth. Now think about the Lord's Prayer. If you've prayed the Lord's Prayer, you know that line, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now Jesus is inviting us to pray that the reality of heaven would overlap with us here on earth. He's inviting us to live the overlap. You see, when I understand the sacred overlap that Jesus lived in and the prayer that he asked us to pray and to also live, it becomes a refreshing vision which embraces the tension of the both and of God's presence in the world and in us. Now, I want people like you, as you read this, to have a fresh understanding of Jesus, the one who was fully divine and fully human, the one who was hanging out with saints and also sinners, the one who was committed to justice and also mercy. But now let me be clear, because I'm certain that some people will misunderstand what I'm trying to say here. The vision of the overlapped life is not a spineless middle ground of compromise that panders to both sides in order to appease everyone. No, instead, faithfully finding the middle ground, living in the midst of the tension, takes more courage, more faith, and more hope than before. Now, when my wife and I, uh, when we were engaged at the time in in college, our senior year, we went to a college retreat at a camp in Michigan. And there was an author there by the name of Dick Staub. And he said that when we live faithfully, when we're faithfully following Jesus, we will be too Christian for our pagan friends and too pagan for our Christian friends. 
And that line has always stuck with me. Only when we live in the sacred overlap will our witness to the way of Jesus be congruent, truthful, winsome, and appealing to the world. In the book, I share stories of how my own journey of trying to find Jesus in the middle of the overlapping worlds. I talk about the time someone wanted to kill me. I talk about when our church had a dance party that broke out during an Advent service. I talk about how I was a mascot for a minor league baseball team for a few seasons, all the while when I was a pastor, and also why I have a tattoo of a Venn diagram on my right arm. Now, speaking of Venn diagrams, I must tell you, I'm obsessed with these little figures. We see Venn diagrams a lot in our world. We see them in geometry textbooks, the Olympic rings, the symbol for the car company Audi, the MasterCard logo, even the biohazard symbol. It's on a lot of country flags of different countries. I love Venn diagrams. I draw them all the time. (laughs) My friends are chuckling now because they know that. They've seen me draw them on whiteboards or on an iPad or on a napkin. You know when you draw a Venn diagram and there's that little football-shaped figure where the circles overlap in the middle? I never thought a simple geometrical shape could dramatically change the way I live. But that one little simple football shape has shaped me. And that's the whole nature of the sacred overlap. Until a few years ago, I wasn't even sure what that shape was called in the middle of a Venn diagram. And then I heard, it's called a mandorla. It's the Italian word for almond. So I guess you have to say it like mandorla, right? The Italian word for almond, because it looks like that shape. Even the symbol for the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, you know, the Celts in Celtic tradition, we kind of see this three-pointed or three-leafed Venn diagram, right? That's the overlap of Father, Son, and Spirit. These overlapping circles explain that God is one God with three distinct entities, three and one, one and three. And for me, it's a reminder that I have this three-circled Venn diagram of this Trinitarian God. I'm reminded every day of Father, Son, and Spirit who is with me and with you. Jesus lived in this and also reality, and so we could call him the great Mandorla. Interestingly, that throughout the centuries, Christian artists have painted Jesus in icons, stained glass windows, frescoes, and other religious art in the middle of a Mandorla. And it makes sense. Think of how often Jesus lived in overlapping worlds of a Venn diagram. He was the son of God and also the son of man. He's described as the lion and also the lamb, the alpha and the omega. He was tender and firm, full of grace and truth. He taught people to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and also to God what belonged to God. Jesus showed up at dinner parties attended by seedy prostitutes and also esteemed seminary professors. He entered Jericho and loved the oppressed, blind Bartimaeus, and also the oppressor, short Zacchaeus, all in the same visit. Jesus lived a healthy, tension-filled life. And if we take his call to follow him along the way, it means that we are called to live the Mandorla life as well. Now, of course, you don't have to put ink on your arm like I did, like I did to embrace a Mandorla life, but it does require wisdom, courage, and compassion to live in the tension, learning to be in the world, but not of it. And when we faithfully live in that tension, our witness to the world can be winsome and attractive. Now, every book is about trying to solve a problem. So you might ask, what problem were you trying to solve, JR, in writing this book? 
See, the problem that many Christians have is that Christians feel that we have to live constrained in these either-or compartments. But instead, Jesus lives in the both-and sphere, and he invites us in that space with him. He invites us to live into the mandorla, the sacred overlap. And when we do that, the world finds us to be pleasantly peculiar people. Not normal, but let me be clear, not weird either. We need to be peculiar people. And when we live into the sacred overlap, we find freedom and faithfulness to Jesus. So some people have asked me, so JR, what is your greatest aspiration for the book? And my answer is this, very simply, I hope it changes you. I hope you enjoy the book, but I really hope that this book changes you in some way. So if you're wondering, how do I get a copy of this book? And I hope you're asking that. Here's how you do it. Very simply, you visit thesacredoverlap.com. Just the title of the book, that's the book's website, thesacredoverlap.com. It releases today through Zondervan Publishing. It's available in print and on Kindle. So if you want it right now, you can download it within seconds. Or if you like audiobooks and have an Audible subscription, it's also available on audible.com. You can also check out the show notes, or you can look for the book anywhere fine books are sold. And when you're done reading the book, let me know what you think. I put my email address on the last page of the book. So if you get to the end of the book, I'd love to interact with you. I'd love to hear what you thought, good or bad, big or small, when you're done. Now, thanks for joining me today. This podcast is produced by the creative Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Visit onalimproductions.com or the show notes for more information. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning and learn to live in the sacred overlap.